Welcome to the sixth episode of the Grace Podcast. It's the third week of Advent. We've got a lot in store for you today, so we'll crack on and start with a prayer. I am Anna Bijoy. I will be reciting the prayer, Our Father, in a South Indian language, Malayalam. Swargastanaya nyangulda pitave, angyura namam poochita maganame, angyura rajyam veraname, angyura tirimansu, Sorgatale pole bumila magrame Ananda venda aharam in the nyangal kutaraname Nyangaloda tetichena veroda, nyangal shemikina pole, nyangalda tetigal, nyanglodum shemikaname Nyangale prolobanatil ulpatarde, tin main in the nyangalarekshikaname, amen. So, I have a secret to share with you all. Just between you and me, I really like to wing things. But one thing that I find very difficult to wing is this particular podcast. But, you know, you usually find that being able to prepare for things while sometimes being hard can also be quite rewarding. Um, how do you feel, Elise? What's something you find really hard to prepare for? Well, I'm a very last minute person, so I struggle a lot preparing for exams. I never give myself enough time, but then at the end, I just power through everything and it's usually rewarding. Yeah, how about you, Dan? Yeah, exams are quite hard to prepare for. I find that also like big events is something difficult to prepare for. Uh, As we're approaching Christmas and there's a lot of parties around this time, a lot of events and a lot of family comes over. And for us, having to get ready for all the family to come. That's such a job and there's just never enough time to do it because, of course, it's not just the family. It's the family's friends and the family's friends' friends and the family's friends' friends' dog and just everyone ends up coming to your house. And it's just, thankfully with COVID, you can only have about 50 now, but still, having all those people rocking up, you never have enough time to prepare. And I find that getting all that together, you're more relieved when it's over as opposed to feeling fully ever completely comfortable. So, Lewis, what's it time to prepare for now? Well, I'm, I'm sure we all know that it's, um, it's Advent. This is the third Sunday of Advent, I believe. And Advent comes from the Latin word, Adventus, which means arrival. So we're preparing for an arrival. Who's arriving? Spoiler alert, it's Jesus. So we're preparing for God to come as fully man and fully God And ultimately, he's come to die for our sins. He's come to redeem us. And that's why it's such an important time. Christmas is a time to spend with our family and friends. It is a time, yeah, we give each other gifts and whatnot. But really, it's a time to marvel at the love of God that he's come to redeem us for something that we don't really deserve to be redeemed for. He's come to give us mercy as opposed to justice. And that's something we need to think about and pray about and acknowledge. So one thing I did want to ask all our listeners today is what are your thoughts on Advent? Uh, One other huge aspect of Advent is the fact that it also celebrates the potential second coming of Christ. Every Advent, we take the time to sort of pause and reflect and think about what it might be like if Jesus does come back to save us all. Um, It'd be quite interesting to hear your thoughts. So if you're listening now and you'd like to send us your responses on our Facebook or Instagram, tell us what do you think Advent means to you? 
Christmas is a very exciting time for a lot of people, but it is also a very sad time for a lot of people. As we're rushing around with parties and shopping, there's a lot of people who are at home very upset at this time of year because they're thinking of their loved ones who have passed. So today I'm going to read a poem called The Dash by Linda Ellis. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of birth and spoke of the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time they spent alive on earth and now only those who love them know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and love and how we spent our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. To be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering that this special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you lived your dash? Good day, everyone. It's Father Bogdan. Today I want to tell you about um, prayer, give you some prayer tips. Many times when I'm talking to, to, to people, to some of you, even during confession, I can find out that we have a little problem with our prayer. So today, I just want to share with you my ideas about prayer and what we can do. And um, and today I, I, I will tell you more general things, not not the techniques, but what we what we should do if we want to pray. So first of all, if we want to pray, we have to make decision. Yes, I want. The prayer is like many other things. If we want to do something, if we want to start to, to learn the, the new instrument, or we want to learn new language, or even we want to lose our weight, we have to make decision, yes, I want to do now. We can't postpone. We can't say, oh, I will start maybe uh, tomorrow, maybe next week, maybe next year. We know how many times we do we promise ourselves to do something next year and we never did. So when we want to pray, we have to say, yes, I want to pray and I will start today. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. So it's the first and the most important thing. To make decision, yes, I want to pray, I want to talk to God. Secondly, we have to set time. We have to say which part of the day 
we want to use for our prayer. Of course, we can say we can pray any time or we can pray whole day. We can pray when we are travel, when we are doing something. Of course, we can. But the best time, it's we are praying when we set the time. So let me say it would be good if we set the time one in the morning and one in the evening. And we should dedicate to God, I don't know, five minutes, few minutes, just thanks God for, for the night and, and ask him for blessing of this um, of this coming day. So it doesn't have to be a long prayer, but to, to, to be to to be aware of God's presence in our life. And similar in the evening, we should um, set the time. Uh, don't wait until you will go to bed because you will be too tired and will be too late and you will not have time for prayer. It's good if we set time and we say uh, maybe 8 o'clock, maybe half past 8 or 9 o'clock is my time for prayer. And I dedicate that time to God and uh, how you will pray it's different story but dedicate time to God and um, it will be easier to 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 follow if you have this structure of the day place um, again we can pray everywhere anytime anywhere it's true but um, I prefer the quiet places. If you want to talk to your boss, if you want to talk to your manager, you can talk, of course, in the train station, you can talk in the train, you can talk on the bus station, but it's much easier to talk to somebody in the office and have a good conversation. The similar is with our prayer. We can pray, of course, any place, any time, anywhere. But the best, the best place will be the quiet room when we sit and we have time to pray. And finally, what I want to tell you today, like everything, we have to prepare ourselves for that prayer. If you want to talk to your boss, you want to talk to your manager, actually you think what you will say and why you are doing that. When you want to have a dinner with somebody, of course you prepare yourselves as well. You put the better clothes, you are going to, to before time. So when we want to pray, I just ask you to try to be more quiet because when you are running and running of the day and suddenly you sit down and you start to your prayer, you will finish your prayer and you will still thinking about your day. So prepare yourself for this prayer. Be quiet for one or two minutes before you start your prayer. It will help you to be to be aware and, and be present in your prayer. Because sometimes our body, our mouth, our mouth say some prayers, but our spirit um, we are not present in this prayer. 
So let be this uh, simple um, tips for this day. It's my um, sharing with you what we what we should do at the beginning of this prayer, and maybe maybe next time we will try to discover what kind of prayer do we have in Catholic Church, because let me say the Catholic Church is like a old building. Uh, we have many many good things, but we forgot about them and we have to discover them again. Like I said at the beginning, let us start to pray now and here and may God be satisfied with our prayer. May God be always with us. Thank you and God bless you. Hello everyone, it's MC Megan today and today we are doing a quiz on what's been around longer. And so for today's quiz, I'd like to invite our special guest, Stephen. Hey, hey y'all. Good, thanks. Yourself? I'm going pretty well, yeah. Yeah, so um, would you say that you are pretty good at trivia? Uh, I want to say yes, but probably no. Well, we shall see today how, Ooh, okay. indeed, how good you are at trivia. All right. So, uh, as I told you, uh, the topic of the quiz is going to be what's been around longer. And okay. so, I'll tell you two different things and you have to tell me which one's been around longer. Okay. Can, I, can it be open book? Can I use the internet? No. No, you can't. This is hardcore trivia. Okay. Okay. So, okay. you can only use your little gray cells. So. Okay. Let's do this. Ooh, okay. All right then. Should we go with the first question? Yep. Let's do this. Okay. So, what's been around longer? Star Trek or the good old Big Mac? Oh, that's a hard one. Okay. Star Trek was 1965 uh, or something. Uh, the Big Mac. All right. So, you're locking in Big Mac. Yes. Well... I'm sorry to say that it is Star Trek that came around first, but you were pretty close, actually. Um, the first episode of Star Trek aired on September 9th, 1966, oh, and McDonald's so introduced the first Big Mac in 1967. Oh. So very close, very yeah. close. Good try. All right. Your next question is, what's been around longer, Mickey Mouse or Choc Chip Cookies? Ooh, okay. I'm going to take a stab in the dark, go against my instincts and go chocolate chip cookie. So you're locking in chocolate chip? Chocolate chip cookie. Let's do this. Ooh, sorry to say, mate, Damn but it. Mickey Mouse came first. Um, he debuted in the 1928 animated short film Steamboat Willie, whereas yep. the delicious chocolate chip cookies were created by Ruth Wakefield in 1938. Oh, damn it. It's all right. Maybe maybe third time lucky. Okay, okay. third right. time's the charm. Third there time's the charm. Let's all do right. this. So, which one came first? The very delish M&M's Ooh. or equally wonderful or not credit cards? Ooh, M&M's or credit cards? Uh. Yes, so which, which guilty pleasure came first? Credit cards? Dun, 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 dun. Damn it. 
Sorry to say, but while Em while the Diners Club introduced the first credit card in 1950, the M&Ms are a bit older and they hit the market in 1941. Oh, okay. Okay. As I said, I'm not that good at trivia. <laughs> you know, to be fair, these questions are pretty tough. But, you know, I still have faith in you. We still okay. have a few more questions okay. left, so maybe you can okay. maybe you can get okay. one. All right. So, now the next question has to do with some of our favorite devices. So, which one came first? iPods or emojis? Emojis. You are correct. Woo! I feel like a winner. Yes, you indeed are a winner on this question. Uh, the first emojis were created in 1998, whereas the first generation of iPods hit the market in 2001. Very nice. Yes. Yes, indeed. At least I'm not going home empty-handed. No, you are not. <laughs> so the next question has to do with some items of clothing that you're wearing at this moment. Okay. So which one came first, T-shirts or blue jeans? Uh, I, I want to say T-shirts, but I'm going to say blue jeans. Let's let's see let's see how that goes. All right, That's a do, you failure. Have any, do you have any reason for choosing blue jeans? Because I wanted to say T-shirts and generally it's the other answer. So let's go to the other answer. Blue jeans. All right. Well, I think your logic is definitely working because it is indeed blue jeans. Woo! I want a streak now. Let's just... I know, I right? feel much better now. No pressure. No pressure. Ooh. So jeans were invented by Jacob Davis in 1871 and then patented by Levi Strauss in 1873, whereas the earliest T-shirts were issued by the US government to soldiers in the Spanish-American War of 1898. Oh. So they're all fairly a lot older than you think, but indeed blue jeans came first. All right, then now moving on to the topic of music. Ooh, okay. So this, is a, so this is between some of the two greatest British bands. Okay. The Beatles... Or the Rolling Stones? Which, which one came which first? Which came first? The Beatles or Rolling Stones? Now, I want to say the Beatles, but the Rolling Stones is the opposite answer, and that's generally what happens. But I have a really gut feeling that it's the Beatles. Are we talking about, like, when they became big or when they, like, officially started being a band? Um, when they officially started being a band. I'm going to go Rolling Stones. All right. So you want to rock and roll, lock in, sorry, Rolling Stones? Let's do it. All Let's right. do it. I'm locking it in. Well, I'm sorry to say. <sighs> should have trusted my gut. <laughs> yes, you should have trusted your gut because the Beatles came first. They were formed in 1960, uh, whereas the Rolling Stones were formed in 1962. Oh, so close. Yes. And now for the final question, this is an area that's a little closer to my heart uh, to do with cheap shopping. Okay. So okay. Um, the question is, which one came first? The beloved Target or Kmart? Oh, okay. I know they're owned by the same people. So one started up... I'm going to say, let's say Kmart. So you're going with Kmart? I'm going with Kmart. 
Well. Yes. Good job. It is indeed Kmart. So Kmart was formed in 1899, whereas Target was formed in 1902. Oh, yes. All right. Well, good job. See, you thought you were going to get a score of zero, but turns out you got a bit better than that. <laughs> so excellent job on this quiz. Thank you. And thank you so much for participating. Thank you for letting me come in and do this. All right. Not a problem. Uh, today, we've had the lovely opportunity to talk with one very lovely uh, parish member in our community. His name is Margaret. And today, she's going to tell us a little bit more about her experiences in the parish and more specifically about all the different uh, ministries that she's been involved in during her time here at St. Jared's. Margaret, you've told us that you've been um, a catechist. Um, I, f- I think in the in the parish that's something that a lot of people shy away from because they think it's um, very very involved is going to take up a lot of their time. Can you tell us a, a little bit about your experience being a catechist? Well, first of all, I can just empathise with how they feel because when I first uh, was called into the ministry, felt a urge to to take on this ministry, I felt like I had absolutely nothing to offer and um, I wasn't even sure if I was doing the right thing by putting my name forward. But I did and I'm so glad that I did because you're very supported in, in the catechist ministry. The diocese offers training um, for you and courses and that for you to do. They even give you a training manual that you can use to prepare your lessons. And I found that in preparing the lessons, I actually learnt. And from that learning, I could share those things with the kids. I loved doing the lessons. It drew on my creativity, which I didn't even know that I had. And it was such a pleasure to, um, to be in the classroom with the kids. I actually remember uh, one of the kids... In, I did a year two class and a year five class and one of the kids in the year five class asked me, why can't we see God? And I just said to him, mm, I'm going to get back to you on that one. And um, the I went to the priest and asked him the same question saying, you know, I had a catechist kid ask me this. And he went on for about 15 minutes and I thought, there's no way I can <laughs> tell this to the, the child. So the following week when I went back to the class, I had a year one class first and you wouldn't believe it, but this a different child asked me the same question in the year one class and I just stood there and this other child just stood up and said, you can't see God, but you can feel him. God is love. And I thought, that's exactly what I'm going to take to my year five class. So little miracles like that happen in the, the class all the time. And apart from being a mother yourself, did you have any experience with, with teaching children before you came a catechist? Absolutely not. Not at all. So it was very daunting at first and a little bit nerve-wracking, but uh, with the, the support that I was given, it made it so much easier. And you gain confidence. They won't throw you into a class teaching unless 
you choose to, they will get you to be a helper, just supporting another teacher at first until you gain a bit of confidence. That's great. And, and what other ministries have you been involved in in the parish, Margaret? Another ministry was uh, Catechesis to the Good Shepherd, which is working with children from the age three to six. It's a Montessori-based program. That means it's very hands-on for the kids. Uh, it's a ministry where you have a room set up with uh, different tables on them with different equipment for the kids. An example might be a um, the story of the Good Samaritan where the table is set up with um, a little figurine of a Good Samaritan and an injured person and the man at the inn and a little inn. And when the child walks up, he chooses to walk up to that particular table we will read them a child version of the story of the Good Samaritan. And we, we just leave the child then to play with the figurines at their own pace for their own time. So we've got all these little tables set up. We even have a table set up with a figurine where they can dress the figurine in the vestments that the priest has with the different colours of the seasons. So it's, um, it's a great ministry I just am amazed at how quiet and peaceful the room is with the different children working on the the different equipments and it was just such a pleasure to enjoy that ministry with so young but so inquisitive about um, all things God really. And you've been a Eucharistic minister as well, Margaret? Yes, I uh, was asked to be a Eucharistic minister and it was giving the Eucharist out, communion out at church on a Sunday. But it was also taking it to people who couldn't get to Mass, like those who are in nursing homes and places like that. Um, it was very, um, I felt very privileged to give communion out at Mass. And it was a very um, memorable experience to give it to those in the nursing home you know, it's just such a, a joy, a privilege to give Jesus, the body of Jesus, to those that are unable to get there. I'm sure that would be very rewarding. And when you um, visit to give the, the Eucharist, do you sit down and have a cuppa and a bit of a chat? Yes, we um, we usually say a bit of a prayer first and then we give them a host. And... A lot of the people in the nursing home can be a bit lonely, so yeah, you spend some time just chatting with them and um, you know listening to their story and getting to know them on a, a deeper level. So it's not just delivering the Eucharist to them; it's very much a people-orientated uh, ministry as well. That's great. And tell us a little bit about yourself, Margaret. You've um, lived in the Carlingford area for a long time. I've been there for 30 years. We moved there when my son was one year old. Uh, yeah, so I've been there for a while now. That's great. And you're looking forward to Christmas coming up? Yes, yeah. I am. I am. I'm getting a new Fitbit Sense this oh, Christmas, so good. I'm very excited about that. It's replacing my old Fitbit. So we're going to see you pounding the pavement? Oh, yeah, <laughs> all there. <laughs> Counting those steps. Yep, counting those steps, yeah. yeah. Maybe in the future, you never know, I might run a marathon. Oh, yep, we'll be looking out for you. Well, very Merry Christmas to you, Margaret. Thank you, Karen. 
world is a big, wide place. And as you know, every country does things a little differently. And Christmas is no exception. So today we're going to be talking about some very weird and interesting traditions from around the world. In Australian Christmas, the centrepiece is often a beautiful glazed ham. Some countries, they have a turkey as their main feast. Japan does it a little bit differently. You see, Santa, he has a white beard, he has white hair, and he has a red suit. Someone else also has white hair, and that is, of course, Colonel Sanders from KFC. He also has a red background. And so in Japan, the idea of KFC has been linked to Christmas, such that every Christmas, one of the main things as their center point for their feast is a KFC chicken. So not a turkey, not a ham, not a turducken or anything fancy or crazy like that. They have good old KFC, big bucket of wings. So I heard um, that in Venezuela, in the week leading up to Christmas, um, it's customary to travel to church service on roller skates. And this became so widespread that they actually started closing the roads up until 8 a.m. so that people could have safe travel to their church services. So is anyone here interested in knowing whether or not they'll get married soon? Well, if you are interested, I recommend you head down to the Czech Republic next Christmas because they have a very interesting tradition in which unmarried Czech women stand with their back to the door and toss one of their shoes over their shoulder. Interesting, I know, right? And basically, if the toe, if it lands with the toe facing the door, then it means that they'll be married within the year. And if it lands with the heel facing the door, then they're in for another year of watching Titanic by themselves. <laughs> you know what? I'd, I'd like to try and see this tradition in Australia. Maybe um, one of you might like to chuck their shoe over and see which way it lands. So there's, uh, there's another... Christmassy tradition. It doesn't fall exactly on Christmas. This, in this case, it falls on the 23rd of December. Um, for any of you Seinfeld fans uh, out there, you'd be familiar with the the Costanza tradition of Festivus, Festivus for the rest of us. The main event, the main festivity of Festivus, is the airing of grievances. The airing of grievances takes place immediately after the Festivus dinner has been served. And to put it simply, it consists of each person lashing out at others and the world about how they have been disappointed in the past. And of course, following the airing of grievances, we have the final feats of strength, where it's basically a wrestling match, which doesn't end until the loser is pinned down. That's gold, Lewis. That's gold. So, yeah, just let, let me get this straight. So essentially, Festivus is a time in which you stuff your face with some really yummy chicken. Oh, yeah. You then have a bit of a pity party. Mm-hmm. And you finish it off uh, with some, with some, you know, light activity. Is that light right? Activity. Light activity, hardcore wrestling. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. wow. <laughs> that sounds like an amazing Christmas. <laughs> sounds more like a bachelor party, to be honest. But, I mean, you do you, I suppose. Now, traditions are important because as we know Christmas is a time where all our families and communities come together to grow in love and share with one another we are blessed to have such a wider range of different cultures here at our parish and we all celebrate Christmas in such unique and interesting ways 
So we are calling on you, Grace listeners, to share your Christmas traditions, the food, the decorations, the livelihood, the music. Now, contact us on Facebook or Instagram or email us at graceradio at epcarl.org and you could be on the radio sharing your beautiful, interesting, amazing Christmas traditions. Have a holy and happy Advent and we will see you all at Christmas time. One of the better things about Christmas, and there are a lot of good things, is the music. Now, there's a lot of very standard traditional music, and there's a lot of music that plays on the radio all the time. All I Want for Christmas Is You is a amazing song, but it gets a bit tiring after the 50th time. What we are interested here at Grace is to see if there are traditional Christmas songs of your particular culture. So... Uh, something that I had in mind is like in in Portuguese we have a the way we sing happy birthday is very very different it's different words and everything it's the same sort of tune but it's a it's a different kind of song and I really like that it brings a little bit of my heritage into the birthday thing but I don't know any traditional Portuguese Christmas songs now they don't have to be Portuguese uh, what I'm interested in what we're interested in is if you have any traditional Christmas songs uh, please send them to us via our Facebook page or Instagram or our email, which is graceradio at epcarl.org.au. That is graceradio at epcarl.org.au. And please send us any traditional Christmas songs that aren't normally heard in a Australian Christmas. And let's see if we can make our final Christmas podcast filled with cultures all around the world. So that's it for this episode of Grace. Thanks for tuning in. We'll now close with a prayer said by Margaret. Holy Spirit, we call on you this Christmas that there may be peace and joy in the world and that all those that are suffering may receive your healing grace. I pray for our parish that it may enjoy this Christmas season but also that you call to ministry those people that in their hearts are wanting to do something on your behalf, that they will know what it is that you want them to do, that even though they may feel intimidated, that they, by your grace, will be drawn to their ministries. I pray that the children in the parish and in the wider world are protected and nurtured and loved by your grace. Whilst this, in the name of Jesus, Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Grace. As always, be sure to send through your thoughts and feedback. We'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to talk to one of our radio crew after Mass or shoot us an email on graceradio at epcarl.org.au. We're always looking for more volunteers, so if you can help in any way, please do get in touch. Please also be sure to share this podcast with friends and family and get keen for our next episode.